Welcome to Sam and Maggie Hate Glee. This is a podcast where my brother and I watch Glee. Yeah. Today, we watched Glee, yeah, which y- is yes. Yes. a horrible word. It's got a bad mouth feel. It's got a bad ear feel. I mean, Maggie, it's really just fitting, isn't it? Like, yeah. this... I'm just going to come straight out of the gate here and say that I really don't like this episode of Glee. I think it's very bad. I don't like it at all. So yeah, it's pretty garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so we can get into the garbage things here. Oh, I'm Sam, by the way. I don't know. I guess at this point, if people are listening, they probably figured that out. But and I'm Maggie. But yes. let's continue. Yes. So the stats of this episode: it originally aired on November fifteenth, twenty twelve, with five point two two million viewers, which is down from last week's five point six eight million, which is a real was... good trend for Glee. <laughs> Going down. Yes. Yeah. Especially for season four, which yes. seems to be. Hot, rotting garbage. Yeah. Rotting garbage. Yes. Uh, so it's ri- it was directed by Michael Uppendahl and written by Roberto Aguiar Sacasa. Uh, I have some fun um, info about this guy. So you know he's like the head writer for Riverdale, right? Yes, I think which we've is, talked about that before. Yeah, we have. Which is the show um, that like is sort of you know changing. T- t- turning Archie comics on its head or whatever. That's well, like, yeah, it's sexy, sexy high schoolers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also like murderers and stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, no, I think I've heard about that. Cool. Uh, and I recently started watching because Riverdale is sort of Devin's big passion. Oh, okay. At, at currently. Um, so I was recently visiting them and I was like, so I've saved Riverdale to watch it with you. Cause I think that's really the way it's going to be the most palatable. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I gotta say, I've been, I'm sort of into it. Okay. I mean, <laughs> oops. I mean, I, I really liked the Sabrina that just went up on yeah. Netflix, Chilling Adventures, and like that's same universe. I don't know if it's same director, but like it's it's the same universe for sure. And I'm sh- there has to be crossovers. Yeah. there's gonna. Be, I'm sure there will they, be. They're yeah. just they're just right across the river from each other. That's right. the oh okay okay, okay. um cool. But well. Roberto apparently. Devin was telling me this because they're they're pretty entrenched in like Riverdale lore at this point. Sure, they listen they listen to a podcast called Dial M for Maple, which is a recap oh. podcast for Riverdale. Okay, and uh, they watch a lot of YouTube videos of interviews with people from Riverdale. And apparently, Roberto Aguiar Sacasa wrote like a like a dark Archie play. Um, when he was in college about like how Archie is the true villain in Archie comics um, oh. and uh, where he like ended up dying of like like overdosing heroin or something whatever so so kind of um, like a wicked situation but way worse yeah yeah um so th- I when Devin brought this up while we were watching I mentioned how um last episode i theorized that like the characterization of finn is to like make a point that like white young men are overly praised for not doing anything like it's right. like they they know what they're doing 
um, which I think like Roberto's background could support. But Devin really shut me down there. They were like, no, Glee is is terrible and is not doing that. See, I I have to say I do agree with Devin on this one. But to your credit, I would say that maybe there are some, like, guest writers and guest directors Mm. who see the potential to be like, oh, these characters are garbage, but we can do stuff with them. That Finn is the grandest villain of them all. Right. So I, I, eh, like, maybe... But I seriously doubt it. I think that they just, mm-hmm. they, they think that Finn deserves the world because they are also white and men. And they deserve the world or whatever. Yeah. So. yeah. And watching Riverdale, it is sort of, it's like got the big cheese factor sure. that, um, that you crave. Yeah. Does. Um, but in, in much, in, in much of it's like cheese, it's, it's an aged cheese. Um, you know, they Glee is just kind of like fresh American slices. Yeah. Whenever they um, get the cheese right, it's never like an aged Gruyere sort of. You, you're into brie now, right? <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just I just found the lactose free version. Um, so far, no A complaints. Free version of brie is what it what? <laughs> yep. Um, that's exactly just eat the question. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> um. Anyway, no. I I think uh that's interesting. I might have to watch Riverdale. I don't know. Yeah. No. I'm listen. Um. Maybe we should just sort of transition this podcast into like a Riverdale watch. Is it? Will podcast? it just? Will it just become Sam and Maggie hate teen dramas? Like. <laughs> well, the thing I don't really hate Riverdale is the oh, problem. Okay. Well, the pro the the issue that I see with that is I feel like our brand is that like. Mm. We're not really about it here. <laughs> We're kind yeah. of not about it here. So I don't know if I can like, I don't know if I can do a podcast where I talk about things that I like. Where you, where you like things. Yeah. Well, that's such a shame. I Damn. know. Maybe, maybe if like our world um, changes a little bit, you know, like yes. if, if we stop living in like sort of a chaotic hellscape um, yes hellscape maybe your mood will lighten (laughs) maybe um but anyway let's just jump right in here let's there's there's a a recap recap. of course um i mean important highlights cast list unique as rizzo clane broke up um and sue and finn have some beef because of a bad thing that finn said so yes uh, which is okay so can we talk about the use of the word uh, th- can we say it? See, because I because the show says it. That that was one of the big things in this episode. Finn apologizes to Sue, but says the word again, which it's, they it's say the, it in the recap also. Oh, they do. Well, it's it's the R word. I don't feel comfortable saying it, mostly because I feel like it's just become like we've we gotten a lot more aware as a society. I mm. feel like it's like how I feel like that word was the word of our generation. Maybe that was like. We just threw it around like it was nothing. Whereas, like, yeah. I mean, gay was kind of there too, but I feel like gay, gay might have been yeah. a little like people older than us also used gay a lot too. Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I don't feel comfortable now, with it. I mean, so. I use gay a lot, but it's like a wow, that was so gay. As in, like, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. But um, let's just not touch 
that part of the episode at all. We can recognize that it was bad and just not talk about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the big issue really... Well, we'll get to it. I'm just going to... I'll save it for when we get there. Because, like, sure. I can't talk about it right now. Um, so, yeah. Will, Mr. Martyr, really, makes an announcement to the Glee Club that he will be leaving them because he must go sit on a blue ribbon panel to protect the arts. Yeah. Uh, the, so, yeah. this just kind of highlights my confusion like not my confusion maybe it was just like the show knows that, that it's this is stupid <laughs> like because they, yeah they do this tina is so upset they, they they have they've done this dichotomy a couple times already where like the old glee people are like losing their minds about how angry they are about the fact that will's going and the new glee people unique is like well we've only known for a couple weeks so i mean we, we don't even really know him <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> so, but uh, like, Glee Tina, knows. Yeah, Glee knows. And there's more instances of Glee knowing in just a second. But um, Will appoints Finn as his successor here. And Tina's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're not even going to make it to sectionals. We'll be dead by then. Right? Okay. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> what? Um, so good. Sort of an overreaction, but I feel yes. you, Tina. Yes. And... Then Will and Finn get figginsed by Sue. Um, <laughs> what a what a terrible she, what a terrible verb you've just crafted there. She takes them to Figgins's office. Yes, uh, which she has she will continue to do multiple times this episode because that's just like a thing. Yeah, I that feel like Figgins it's just has time for. I feel like it's just like it, and and it was kind of when the show started too, just like Sue's modus operandi that she's like. Oh, I'm going to take you to the authority. Like, Come to the principal's office so I can scream at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is what Sue does. Uh, she yes. does a meta critique of the show mm-hmm. by saying that um, everyone in America s- thinks that Will's plan is garbage. Yes. Uh, which is true. It's, yes. Yeah. Um, she also... So one of the things... I don't know if we've talked about it in past episodes, but one of the things that Sue has been doing this season in regards to Finn is she has been criticizing his body a lot Um, yeah but can we be frank for a moment (laughs) his body is the best it's ever looked no that's that's, that i mean that's the thing he doesn't look bad i don't even mean that i don't mean that it looks like better than it has before i mean that he's like more stereotypically fit sure like yeah a tv fit boy yeah and like that's the thing is it's just, also, I mean, we could be frank about it, even if he wasn't fit. It's just, like, Sue says some, like, gnarly shit that is just gnarly shit. over the top. And, like, I guess that's been, again, what she just does. But it's, but it's just bad. Yeah. And it's, like, it's it's a lazy way to write, a, like, a com- comedy character to just have them, like, scream offensive things. Yeah. I agree. So, um, but yeah, and then Sue declares her detente with Glee is over and then does a rampage, which is fun because we get the... Um, I forget yeah. what the song is. You think I would have... Re- it's like Flight of the Valkyries or something. Yeah, but like, we've seen it before. We've Sue, actually literally yeah, seen this before. shit over... She, like, shakes a student. You know how it is. Yeah, Figgins calls her the terror of Ohio or something. I, I wrote that down. You're a menace to the state of Ohio, <laughs> is what he screams at her as she leaves. 
Sue doesn't have tenure. That's been a major plot point. Right. How so does it's like, she keep her job? Why don't you just fire her? Um, I guess it's because the Cheerios win so much, and that like brings in. But they revenue? didn't last. They didn't last year, right? Like, no, that they was did. A huge. That was the that was the thing is they did win even though she had her baby. But we never saw anything about it. Like, Brittany and Santana just, like, mention it offhand at some point where they're like, oh, we won. Because <laughs> it's too much work to choreograph a cheer routine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so that's, I guess, we're back to Sue hating the Glee Club or whatever. Fine. Glee. Whatever. We get the title card. Now we're in New York. Uh, we're in dance class and upperclassmen are here. So that means Brody is here. Yep. And Rachel gets partners up with Brody immediately because she wants on that beefcake and uh, then brags to him about how she has this new audition that she has to prepare for. Yes. Uh, It's for the Glass Menagerie. Yes. I don't know the show, so. I don't know the show either. Um, But Peter Dinklage is going to be in it. Apparently. Also, it has a very notable director. Um, It's weird because the way that this, like, dance class like what they're doing is like they're going couple by couple and like doing this like yeah. one like move lift yeah they're doing a lift yeah and so then after Rachel and Brody do their lift they they're continuing to talk about it and Miss July in my opinion kindly warns Rachel away from auditioning for this show because the director is intense and not exactly nice to people yes um she describes uh her audition for this director uh, where she had to wear a slip and cover herself in tomato juice as she did her monologue. Um, yeah. And obviously, Rachel isn't ready for that. She can barely handle, like, a dance teacher giving her any sort of critique. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's just like... I, I mean, the the thing about it is, on my rewatch, like, mostly because later in this episode, Mr. Lai does some stuff that's, like, kind of not very good um eh. well i mean not in like I, i'm it's just saying cha- like, it's chaotic yeah it's cha- <laughs> well, chaotic neutral it's for a point or whatever but like it, on rewatch like this interaction she is actually being like nice to rachel yeah. like she is she, she's just like trying to give rachel an inside scoop exactly and then rachel is like oh well you know i thought you could audition for this guy too you could play this part of like the old wizened woman (laughs) (laughs) well and she's she's like you you need to put yourself out there cassie (laughs) yeah she's like you need to get back in the game which it's like cassie's just like hmm cassie's just kind of like Man, I try to do one nice thing for you, and you fucking one run nice your mouth. One nice thing for Rachel Berry, and you, and you do this. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, then yeah, and yeah, go for it. Then Rachel asks Brody to like help her get off book for this audition, and then Cassie asks Brody during a sidebar to be her TA, and he's like, "Oh well, if we could start on Monday, okay." Let me run through this for a second. Right, I had to watch this like. <laughs> Uh, like a time or two sure because cassie is like we can start next week and then brody's like oh well could we start on monday because i need to help rachel with her audition and then cassie's like yeah i understand we can start next week (laughs) (laughs) it's the the best part is that like i definitely caught that but i didn't write it down because i was just like fuck it i don't care like it's just like so lazy like what the fuck (laughs) like just have her say friday (laughs) For fuck's sake. Um, 
Yeah. Just have her say, like, tomorrow, even. <laughs> yes. Um, Whatever. It's stupid. But for the most part, it's because then we have to move to this next scene. And, like, I have so many, like, angry faces drawn in my notes. And this is the first yeah. one. Because... We're backstage. We're, we're on the stage. We're at the auditorium or whatever in McKinley. We're, we're in McKinley. Yeah. Yeah. Tina is doing costume fitting yes. for people because apparently that's Tina's job. I mean, it was established <laughs> after she did it the one time. Like, we saw her do it the one time last season, Maggie. Once again. Whatever. Um, so, Tina's doing costume fitting. Marley's skirt doesn't fit. And apparently this has happened multiple times this week. Um. Which doesn't make any fucking sense. No. Before we really get too far into this, I want to make a point to say that Marley Rose is the thinnest person on the show. She is, like, skeletal thin, nearly. I mean, Um, Kitty is also pretty thin, but yes, you're absolutely right. She is, like, very thin. Okay, like, let's just walk through all of the reasons why this yeah. is stupid. One, this isn't how weight gain works. Like, you don't gain, like, two inches a day. Like, that's just no. not how it works. Two, Tina... It's not how it works. Tina would notice right. if the skirt had changed. Well, and also, <laughs> Tina has a fucking measuring tape around her neck in this scene. You don't think she would have been like, let me measure that just to make sure. Like, your body me, can't have changed that much. Let me measure you to see if you've changed. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then three, her clothes still fit. Like, her not... Like, her not costume still fits fine. So why would you think that you're gaining weight when your regular clothes still fit? Like, what? And Yeah, my o- exactly, Sam. <laughs> exactly. The, the problem is that Kitty it's co- so obvious what, what they're trying to do here. And, yes. like, the thing is... It's shoddily done as well. <laughs> yes, because, like, my question, is this supposed to be, like, a kind of, like, representation of, like, how it feels to have body issues and insecurity as a teenager. If so, mm. it's done incredibly poorly, and I don't want this storyline. It's ham-fisted yeah, why, and terrible. Why is this their crusade I, to fight? Right? It, Meg, <laughs> modern-day stoning. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's bad. It's yeah. really fucking bad. Uh, Kitty comes in. She calls Tina's, like... Harajuku something which is disgusting yep um stop it glee just stop you know you don't hey glee you don't have to have villains be racist for no reason it's amazing right well you i can mean just have them be villains to be fair glee doesn't even just have villains be racist for no reason it has just all of its characters racist. be racist for people no reason are just racist uh and kitty is here because she needs to continue this sort of very extremely evil plot that she's doing to Marley. She comes up to her as uh, the skirt fitting is happening and says, wow, Marley, what unfortunate and very, very noticeable weight gain you've experienced, Uh, which is so untrue. Like, I don't understand why Tina isn't like, what are you talking about, Kitty? Well, or Sugar and Brittany who are right there being like, what are you talking about? Well, and what's so fucked up is later, Tina texts Kurt in a scene to be like, oh, she's been gaining a lot of weight. And it's like, what the fuck? You're just taking, like, 
I just and it, like it, the thing is, it's obvious that they're like, oh, Kitty's behind this somehow, and then we get immediate proof that she's been coming in at night and like sewing the like the skirt tighter. Yeah, which is just we get like, a little cut scene where it's like Kitty like holding up the skirt and like <laughs> yeah, heisting. Like, <laughs> it's um horrific, uh, and then Kitty uh, tries to like ply marley with lies being like yeah you know people always think that since i'm the popular girl i'm always busy on the weekends so i don't really have that many friends i want to make real friends like you marley and uh then invites just the girls to a sleepover and when unique is like oh can i come marley is like I'm not going if Unique's not invited, which is great. Yes. That's the best part of the scene. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Kitty says something Kitty transphobic. Makes a silence of the, yeah. yeah, she makes a silence of the lambs reference. That's nice. Yeah. Good job, Glee. Really good to do that. Mm. Um, but does invite Unique. So Puke. I mean, we get there, but again, Kitty just says really terrible shit about everything all the time. And it's just like, it doesn't need to. Like, it'd be nice if she didn't, maybe, sometimes. Ugh. Anyway, then we move... You know, for oh. all the gnarly shit that, like, Santana has said over the course of this show, very little of it, ha- very little or none of it has been transphobic that I can really recall. That's... You know? Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah. you can be shitty without doing that well and i feel like there's also a a night a good distinction to make and to be fair i i think if we went back to like the first season i'm sure santana said some like really horrific shit um yeah but when we got to like season two and especially season three like the way that santana talks to people she says some stuff that's not great sometimes but at the same time there's always at least kind of a playful joking nature to it like i don't know which is what kitty is supposed to have too well she doesn't though she just comes off as terrible like and like yeah if she if if we transition her into another santana where suddenly she's like everyone's friend even though she is a terrible racist and homophobe and that's literally what's happening sam do you do you (sighs) see that like people are like yeah i'll go over to your house I that's, so, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it, but that doesn't make any fucking sense either. So, like... So, next scene is in the back of the cafeteria. Marley and her mom are talking, um, wait. Yes. And uh, Marley's mom's experience... She doesn't have a name. That seems pretty fucked up, right? Uh, Marley's mom's experience um, with gaining weight and that sort of thing. Uh, because Kitty is clearly torturing marley yes. with uh these like subtle digs about how her genetics will eventually fail her completely and uh then marley's mom is just like oh i guess we're just gonna have to both go on a strict diet yeah i mean there is a nice thing here where it's like again i do like this relationship a lot um and her mother is very supportive one of the things that is interesting about this scene for me is that marley's mom like really stresses this idea where she's like you're in control of your own body which yeah is an interesting tactic Mm. because i feel like that kind of mentality is something that leads to like dysmorphia like can lead to like disordered eating yes exactly like over exercising yes all that kind of shit yeah yeah, so it's 
interesting. It makes me feel sad because I don't think yeah, this should be a plot. And like, and, like, Marley's mom makes a point to, like, call her thin and beautiful. Yeah. Which is not great either. Like, I... Oh, yeah, that is true. Oof. It's just... It's just not good. No. Overall, right? Like, they just shouldn't be doing it. No. And, like, again, it comes back to this thing where it's, like, Glee, for some reason, tries to take on these, like, big, like, controversial topics. And I guess this time they decided to take on bulimia. And it's, like, Glee, you didn't need to touch that hot stove. You could have just left it alone. You didn't... You especially didn't need to touch that hot stone with, like two girls being ruthless to each other for no reason. Exactly. Like, why does Kitty hate Marley so much? It, I, don't, I don't know. There's no like, good and that's reason part of it for too. it. Kitty's hatred of Marley is so... It, it goes... Like, there's little hints where it's the like, oh, it's because pl- she steals boyfriends. But she didn't steal... Like She didn't. Like, she's not no. dating Jake. Like, <laughs> Jake's a free agent. He broke up with Kitty because because Kitty sucks. Yeah. Uh, Sue yells at Finn in the next scene because he tries to enter the teacher's lounge and, uh, then Finn is like, oh, well, no, I'm here to apologize. They, um, about what he said about Sue's baby. And then Sue is just like, you've made a mockery of this school, of what it means to be a teacher. It's some bullshit. I think you're an idiot. And I've reserved the auditorium for the next four weeks, so... Good luck finding a place to rehearse your fucking musical, kid. And then Finn's just like, great. I didn't catch, like, half of that. I just caught, like, the word fucking in the middle of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did you mention that Sue calls him fat again with some really mean things? No, but um, it's worth mentioning. Uh, so we talked about how Finn's getting fat. Now we're at Tummel Hires. Yes, the garage. Tummel Hires. <laughs> Tummel hires. Here we are. <laughs> we're at tum- we're at Tummel hires. This is where Finn works. If you recall, um, he is such a failure that the only place where that he can work is his de- stepdad's tire shop. Yes, and uh, he's fixing up an old jalopy. Yep. Why? Um, oh, it's not explained. It's because it's convenient, Maggie, for the fact that he has to do this grease show. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, all the Grease boys show up. Ryder and Jake and Joe and Sam are like, oh, is this the right place? And Sam's like, oh, no, this is definitely where Finn works. And do you like my impression? Yeah, it's pretty good. Boys? I mean. Um, <laughs> thanks. And then they get an inspirational speech from Finn about the true meaning of blood brothers well uh, an the, the theme of greece apparently is fixing cars and brotherhood because fixing cars happens in greece at all and i guess brotherhood yeah, it does. okay sure um um and brotherhood in that uh they all like get each other's backs when they uh abuse women yeah exactly see that's the so yeah so then this turns into greece lightning which is the censored version yeah. of course but... And the censored version is pretty ridiculous, <laughs> yes. by the way. Yes. No, I'm not lying. She's a real honey wagon. No, I also wrote down honey wagon. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, and so this gets weird because it starts in this garage. 
with this like old jalopy like we talked about it's old and sad looking yeah and then it suddenly is in an all-white garage with a big red car yeah that's um that's a direct reference to the movie no i know well in the movie does it go from being like in a garage to being like a... You know, I can't really recall, but it's like something similar. Okay, well, like sort of dream sequency. It just it, and... it just feels weird with like diegesis. Like I have no idea what's going on anymore. Fine. So okay, it's fine. This is uh this is writer's imagination because he like goes underneath the jalopy on like a you know a yeah, slidey the, thingy. yeah roller thingy. and then he when he slides out it's it's the all white dream garage right exactly and. Uh, I mean, the grease grease lightning is fine. It is the clean version. The dirtiest part of the song is Ryder grinding on everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, they they do a lot of hip thrusting. They they do yeah, still there's have a lot of like butt rubbing onto the car. You know how it is. But there is there is still the line. I don't remember what the clean version is, but it's like we're gonna get a lot of that Tit? or something. Yeah, and it's just my thing is. Going back to, like, I hate the musical Grease, like, mm. I really hate, like, heterosexual mating rituals that are, like... Yeah, um, I really hate heterosexuality. <laughs> like... In general. It's just, so. it's just like, men are gross, and, like, the fact that men this musical... Gross. Like, you're kind of... Like, you're talking about with the Brotherhood thing. Like, the fact that this is a musical that kind of glorifies this, like, masculine idea that it's, like, oh, like, it's super cool to, like attract a lot of women and like pound a lot of puss it's like gross mm. ew see i would be really into like a a version of grace uh that's all women um, so this is like a cool like <laughs> biker gang of lesbians oh my god that would actually um, be really cool Ooh. it'd be really great right yeah but as it stands it <laughs> and, just feels gross so yeah, uh, I'd say that Sam is the one having the most fun during the song. Uh, there's parts where he like sort of sk- like squirts like what? gel onto his hair. Uh, okay, um, <laughs> I don't know. I... And like he's got like two combs that he pulls out of yes. nowhere and like starts combing up the dew. It's great. Uh, I I think Ryder has some fun with it. Like you're saying, there's the bit where yeah, he's like on the, the chain, the grinding, like and like grinding <laughs> against the chain as the engine is lowered into the car. Like that is. Yeah. Like typical Greece, yeah. so very Danny Zuko. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It, it's fine. It's it's Grease Lightning. Like we had to have it. It's what it is. So it's sort of weird that Mike is here. Yes, um, but I guess he is the choreographer, uh, and he seems to be doing like choreographer stuff at the beginning, where he's like in the front, sort of like showing doing them. moves so that people can mirror him. But then he's just one of the guys because they don't have enough to fill out the gang well and Um, and also like when they're in this like weird like a white garage with the red car they're in costume and finn and artie are also in costume too yeah which and they're like also singing which is just kind of like okay because sam this is gleese it's not grease by glee it's gleese we are in new york with kurt and rachel apparently this like audition for the glass menagerie is a dance audition sure news to us yeah uh, and uh kurt is reading text from tina this is where we get that marley mention yes. where it's like oh 
the girl who's playing Sandy is gaining so much weight she can't fit into her costume. And Rachel's like, oh, that's unfortunate. And then they um, sort of go back and forth on whether they're going to go yes. to Lima to see the production. Then Cassie shows up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why the fuck are you in my studio? Who is this even? <laughs> and Good questions. Honestly, I didn't know that her dance studio was just open. like Open. Just open for people who, who need it. Yeah. Um, now. But so Kurt meets her compliments her abs which is good um but then miss july is very insistent that rachel has to go to this performance of greece at her high school um yeah she's like oh you need to go if only because it's greece it's your friends it's your high school you should go it's your Uh, ex-boyfriend directing yeah you have to go (laughs) you can use my jet blue flyer miles because (sighs) i got kicked off a plane (laughs) In a drunken rage. Um, which, this does give us some more information about a question we had a couple episodes ago. Um, turns out flights are expensive. Rachel says that she spent all of her money <laughs> going back to Lima to just tell Finn that he was an asshole for ghosting her. Like... And break up with him for real this time. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's interesting. Flights are expensive. So it just means that, you know... They just have cash to burn, I guess. Or Miss July's air miles. Um, So then we cut to the sleepover at Kitty's house. Yeah, we're at the sleepover and snacks are presented. Everyone is very cute in their pajamas, obviously. Yes. Um, The best part of the scene is probably when, like, Kitty... Marley's here early, I guess, and Kitty is going through, like, her shelf of interesting objects. Yes. She's like, oh, well, this is my uh, my trophy from speak- for speaking most tongues at Bible camp. And this is my horse. I rode him for six years until he broke my hymen. And it's, and it's like, what, had hap- what happened to the horse after that? Did your dad shoot it? I mean... I don't know. That was my. That was where my thoughts went. Well, and, and to be fair, it's funny because I feel like that's also where Marley's thoughts go. Because her expression mm. at that point is just like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> like, yeah. Um. But so yeah, the the food that is presented is a ton of junk food, some cakes, some donuts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Marley gets nervous. Um. So then Kitty gives us and Marley a how to on bulimia, which all I have to say to that is thanks, Glee. We really needed you to yeah. put that on TV. It's pretty bad uh, because r- the way that Kitty frames it is she's just like, oh, no, you can have control over your own body and you can eat whatever you want. You just need to indulge in binging and purging. And it's like, hey, this is really bad. Yeah. Like, can you not? Well, and it's it's weird because I feel like in season three when they did the like suicide plot line. Like, we we had some criticisms in some cases, but for the most part, they do a pretty good job of not, like, explicitly, like, we talked about with, like, the, you know, World Health Organization's recommendations for how to discuss it in the media and how to avoid, like, giving a lot of details and things like that. Whereas here, like, literally Kitty, like, sticks her fingers up and is like, you just gotta barf. And it's like, man, you don't need to show, like... The issue that they're trying to talk about is how teens are insecure about their bodies. And then they just go on TV and are like, yeah, stick your fingers down your throat. Like, it's totally easy and it'll let you eat whatever you want. And it's like, 
stupid. Yeah, I mean, Kitty is supposed to be like this. She's evil. Right. She's straight up evil. We already know that she's evil. She's so coded as evil. We get it. Um, but like, it's just not a. This is not a necessary plot line, you know. And it's it's just irresponsible. So poorly done. I I don't understand. Yeah, it's just it's stupid. I don't remember like and. Anyway, what this ends up... She leaves Marley in the bathroom to, like, I guess, get to her own devices or whatever. Hey, stop texting. I see you texting in our group chat. <laughs> stop texting. Um, but uh, then Kitty does a rendition of Look at Me, I'm Sandra D, wearing a brown wig and what she calls a Newsies cap, um, which, again, is just the terrible Ryan Murphy hat. Um, and what's weird about this scene... Is kind of along those same lines as earlier, where it was like, why are all these people going to her house for a sleepover? All the other people at the sleepover, like, back her up on vocals. They use speakers. So Marley can definitely hear them in the bathroom. And, like, at the end, she comes in. She's like, were you making fun of me? And it's just like, what is this scene? Like, I know that this is supposed to be the musical episode. So, like, they're doing a lot of things that don't make sense to fit in all these songs. But it's stupid. It's stupid. <sighs> yeah, it's really dumb. And it's sort of upsetting that they've stolen this song from Unique. And, yeah, we're going to have some more stuff stolen from Unique in the next scene. So great, huh? Yeah, well, that's... um. Yeah, it's stupid. So, we move... Uh, we go we back to... Yeah, we go back to McKinley. We're in Figgins' office. Unique's parents are here. Yes. And they talk about how Wade has always been a different kind of boy. Which, yeah, this this whole <laughs> thing is just really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're... They're like, oh, yeah, we want to support Wade in whatever he chooses to do, even if it's like dressing as a woman for performances. But we don't think it's safe for him to dress as a woman during the day. This is all pretty fucking gnarly. Yes. Um, nobody really sticks up for Unique here. Nope. Uh, not Finn, even though Finn it should definitely be able to. Um, and then... Unique is like I have. I want to dress as a woman. This is like one of my thing or whatever. And uh, someone says that like Unique's in danger doing so. Her I, initially, it's her dad is like we think that Unique would just be in too much danger. And Sue backs that up because apparently she saw Unique get slammed to get some lockers by some F football boys um, um i was i it's funny because i i might the first time i watched it when sue was like i saw some bullying happen i was like it's gonna be sue who did the bullying it's not <laughs> but i mean the big thing here is like i feel like this is like a common argument that people make in the real world about people who are queer and not straight and all sorts of different things. Why don't, why don't you just not be that for your safety? Why don't, why don't you just be straight? Yeah. It's safer that way. You just, why don't you just um, be cis? It's straight. It's, um, you know, safer that way. You should just do that. And the thing, the big thing that like, I mean, 
obviously for like straight cis people that makes perfect sense but also do they really think that unique is gonna stop being bullied if she's not wearing a dress at school because i don't i think that people are still going to bully so either so i don't see what like and i mean on top of that look if if, kurt was mercilessly bullied for dressing fashion uh, fashionably (laughs) kurt's fashion sure yeah eccentrically yes um so like just the just the fact that like unique has been in like femme dress in public performed in it puts her in quote-unquote danger already yeah like just being a trans woman existing yeah and it, it, it goes back and so they're just yeah. like oh for your safety instead of instead of making people stop um instead of like you know punishing the people who are actively bullying you because sue saw this happen so she knows who those people are oh no no um unique you just need to uh, uh stop being this yeah and you'll be fine which like you you bring up like Ugh. A really good point with things like Sue witnessed the bullying happen and obviously did nothing to stop it or to, you know, do anything about it besides use it as fodder to like fan the fires of the fear in Unique's and parents. To get, yeah, to get Unique off the play. Yeah. She's not going to be Rizzo anymore. Even though, like, fucking Sue's crusade about. Unique not being Rizzo still doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And I mean, I'll, I'll give them that like, it makes slightly more sense in this case, since it's like, Oh, if you don't have a Rizzo, you can't do the show. And now, you know, Sue has declared that she hates the Glee club and she hates Finn. So obviously this is something that she can, you know, try to tear down in order to get at those two things. But I mean, it's still stupid. And like, I just, it's dumb. No, straight up. Then uh, we we know that Finn's got to find a new Rizzo. Right. And we go straight Wait. to Santana, well, who's just here to be Rizzo. I, I realized that I had okay. one more thing to say about that, <laughs> actually. Um, mm-hmm. It's offensive that Glee put that on TV because that's, like, if there are people who, you know, were... If their whole ideas are trying to be, like, inclusive of people and, like, you know, try to make the world a better place and teach people about LGBTQ people and stuff like that, that's just fodder for straight people to be like, no, yeah. it is right to tell queer no, people is. to suppress, you know, they're not straight versions of themselves or whatever. So, fuck you, Glee. Fuck yeah. you. Even though we see Unique, like, morosely sitting in the audience later, like, that's not a character arc. No. It's not. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Santana's going to play Rizzo, much to Tina's chagrin, which is actually kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, Tina gets fucking iced out completely. <laughs> she shows up in Rizzo, Rizzo's costume being like, oh, I can be off book mostly, um, <laughs> but I might have to hold a hold a script in the second act. And uh, Finn's just like, oh, well, I called Santana. And Tina's like, of fucking course you did. 
<laughs> we're all going to be dead by sectionals at this rate. Uh, and yes. uh, Santana's pumped to do it, obviously. She's like, oh, I was born to play Rizzo. And it's like, yeah, we get it. that We know you are. But, like, you, why are you here? Which there is a bit. Joe is like, why are you here? But it just gets immediately shut down by Brittany and Sugar, I think. Or just, like, it doesn't Don't matter. Don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's... Which is, like, so stupid. And again, it's because the reason, the only reason I can justify this is because this is supposed to be the musical episode. So, like, everything just kind of falls into place because Glee needs it to do that for the musical to make sense or whatever. But it's just like, fuck you for just, like, stomping on anything (laughs) anything that, like... The thing is, if if Glee wanted to do Grease with Santana as Rizzo... They really should have fucking planned better, huh? Like you don't get you don't deserve Santana playing Rizzo yeah. Glee because you didn't plan it out well enough. Yeah. So uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, and we see Rachel yeah. and Kurt are here. Yep. They're in their New York fancy getup, mm-hmm. of course, because they're New York fancy now. And they see Mercedes as they're talking about their lockers. Oh look, this is the place where we had so many chats. And then Mercedes comes up to them and is like, oh, hey, I'm, here's a moment of my backstory. I am still doing the UCLA thing. I'm still doing the backup singing thing. Life is great. I didn't throw my whole life away to come here for three weeks to do this play. <laughs> yes. Um, and then she's like, yeah. come on backstage. They'll be so happy to see you or whatever. Then we cut to another scene of Marley's costume not fitting, which is like, Tina Ooh. Tina literally says, how did you gain two inches in one day? Which it's like, she didn't. Because that's not she didn't. possible. It's, it's physically impossible. And you aren't like, Tina, open your eyes. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just... Yeah. It's so... Uh, yeah. Just say, just say that this is like, that the skirt, that there's something wrong with the skirt. <laughs> Which, yeah. And like, or like, I don't know. How does Tina not notice that the skirt is changing? How, how, like, especially after, like, a week of it not fitting every day, wouldn't somebody be like, maybe we should, like, take this home and make sure that it's the right size, and then they realize the next day, oh, it fits right, because it wasn't at school where it could be tampered with. For Anyway, <laughs> Kitty then arrives to shepherd Marley off with another reference to forcing yourself to throw up um and writer notices and then we move to the other people can i say something really quick here you know people would refute us being angry at this by being like oh you're thinking about it too much and it's like (laughs) are we you know Uh, are we though because if I just watch this as mindless television, I might I come... feel like I would be pissed off. I might come away with Still. the idea that like, oh, you know, this is something that people do. And I wouldn't be as concerned about it. And that's what upsets me is that people watch this show and saw these things. And like, yeah, like you're saying, Kitty is obviously depicted as evil. But like, I feel like there is zero consequence for the things that she does. She never gets no. in trouble. She never gets any kind of comeuppance. Like, it just feels like the show is like, oh, she's evil. And that should be good enough for you to know that the things she does are bad. But no, like, yeah. <sighs> no, it, yeah. And, I mean, the thing, it, it, people 
watched this, right, without deconstructing it and writing massive <laughs> amounts of notes for a stupid podcast. <laughs> People did that, but then they they watched this and they're like, this is bad. And they stopped. We we listened to the, well, I listened to the, um, the numbers that you read out at the beginning of every episode. They're going down. Yes. Because people are are realizing that this is truly garbage. Yes. Yeah. And like, it's just, anyway, we're going to have to come back to this because it's still not over yet. Um, but instead we have, uh, Clay, Clay and Finchel run into each other, um, backstage. They, they, um, they're like, uh, kitty corner from each other. So the four of them stand as like a block. Yes. Um, and are just sort of silent. Um, until Finn is like, you know, we have a lot of history between the four of us, but I'm I'm glad you're here. Uh, and I'm really, really proud of this show, so I'm glad you get to see it. Blaine notab- noticeably says nothing. Yes. Um, <laughs> during, like, after uh, Finn is like, this show's really good, Blaine doesn't say anything. No. <laughs> Which, that's <laughs> it's funny, because, like, the way that this starts is that Kurt and Rachel run into Blaine, and Blaine is like, Oh, I wasn't expecting Kurt, you to be you're here. here. Um, and then Kurt doesn't say anything because, like, and, and props to Chris Colfer looks incredibly upset for the rest of the scene. Pretty, pretty <laughs> good. Um, but yeah, and then like after Kurt or after Finn does his little thing, Rachel's like, "Yeah," and then they leave. <laughs> and then <laughs> Finn and Blaine are just like, "Oh, we have." Well, Finn is like, "We have to go," and then. And Blaine does some like mournful looks. Yes, like he's just like, uh. <laughs> I did. I did a sort of weird moan right there yes. because I feel like that's that really encapsulates um, Darren Chris's performance. Yes, it's just kind of like morose. Well, and then after they leave, Kurt is sad, and Rachel gives him a pep talk. Like, yeah, like, it's just like this didn't need to be here at all. <laughs> like, no, it's it's filler because Rachel's just like. We're we're better than that. We're gonna sit through this, and it's gonna we're gonna clap. Well, and there's a bit where Kurt's like, "I don't think I can make it through Act two. Which, well, remember that Blaine is playing Teen Angel. Um, mm-hmm. So the only time that Blaine would feasibly be in the show is in the middle of Act two because that's when they sing right? Beauty School Dropout. Except, <laughs> is it because Sam? Is it? Because the, the next, yes. the next moment, and when that bit with like Kitty, where she was bullying Marley really heavily, um, she was wearing the beauty school dropout like yes. get up yeah. for the angels, and the first number of Greece apparently is beauty school dropout because that makes any sense whatsoever, like. Here's the thing. Whatever. I don't like Grease, but I went to Wikipedia and I was like, I don't think this song comes first. And I looked and I was like, nope, it definitely doesn't. Like, no matter what I don't version. I this is right. <laughs> nope. It's wrong. But, And yeah. uh, it's very similar to the movie, mm-hmm. the way they've got it set up. There's, like, a set of stairs that all these, um like, co- it's the chorus of uh, girls all wearing a big hair roller. Yes hats and uh like angel sort of but also salon dresses like it's like the things that they put over you in a salon while you get your hair cut and um blaine 
the only part that I wish happened was that Blaine flew. Like, I wish Blaine flew in and out of the scene. That, that would have made it perfect. That would have been great. The the one note that I had past, like, the things you've already covered, um, I'm sure that this is how they did it in the movie because it makes sense from, like, a movie cinematography standpoint. But yeah. Sugar is facing towards Teen Angel for the full... Yeah, s- facing towards Blaine the whole which time. Which means that she's facing away from the audience, which means they can't she's see... She's doing a lot of good face acting. Right? That's the thing. Um, they can't see... But the audience doesn't get to see <laughs> they it. They don't get to see any of it. And I was just like... Like, I understand that Glee a lot of the time is like, oh, we have to do it like they do it in the movie. But it's like, if you're doing it as a stage show, you might need to change some things for it to make sense because it's supposed to be for the people behind her and like but i mean us as the camera get we see. get to see yeah. sugar <laughs> stupid so whatever right uh <laughs> this show is so fucking lazy uh and um blaine i would say his performance is distracted um, yeah he at least like partly just especially for like blaine's high standard of like full immersion <laughs> acting yes yeah, uh, well, he notices Kurt in the audience yeah. near, like, the middle to end of song. And, like... And does some more of those, like, morose kind of, like, looks where he's just like, oh, oh Kurt, you're here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean, it's fine. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. still sung well, but let, let's move... Of course. Let's move on to the next scene. Ryder finds Marley trying to vomit in the bathroom. Yeah, we start the scene with some... Great retching, Foley. Thanks, Ugh. Glee. Um, and Ryder just waltzes into the bathroom. Finn's been a good role model. And uh, <laughs> oh. and tells Marley about his uh, cousin. I think his name is like Johnny Papas or something. But in my notes, I've called him Crapping Cousin. Because I thought it was a fun alliteration. Um, apparently, his cousin is like a weightlifter. Who, or, uh, he's a wrestler. Yeah. Who's uh who has to drop weight, uh so he uses laxatives and during a there's like a moment where Ryder is telling the story story to Marley and he's like yeah uh last fall when he was uh doing a match uh he and Marley's like he died and Ryder's like he crapped himself. <laughs> Uh, actually, the biggest joke of the episode, probably. Yeah. Um. One of the. I mean, I laughed. Yeah. So one of the things that's <laughs> gotta love a good poop joke. <laughs> one of the things that's weird about this scene is I actually kind of like it because the banter feels yeah. really good. <laughs> like, like the yeah. way Ryder yeah. um and Marley are connecting. Yeah. Like. Which, I mean, and there's the bit, like, part of it is they're in costume. Like, she's dressed as Sandy, he's dressed as Zuko. And so part of it is I was like, this, I I, I was like, is this supposed to feel like it's in Greece? Like, with this idea of, like, Sandy feels bad about herself, and then, like, Zuko is like, no, like, don't do that. Here's a poop joke. (laughs) But. It's me, Danny Zuko. But, yeah, I mean. My cousin crapped himself. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. It just it feels good, even though the premise of the scene is terrible, and I'm really upset about it. Because it feels like yeah. the whole reason that they did this is leading up to what happened. Because Ryder implies that he would not only kiss Marley on stage, but also kiss her off stage. 
Um, it, only if her breath doesn't smell like puke. Right. Um, but then he leaves and Marley does the Sandra D reprise, which I feel like mm-hmm. is the reason that they did this whole fucking thing, which is not a good enough well, reason. The, the Sandra D reprise is like the worst song in gl- in. <laughs> I was going to say Glee. Gleese. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's definitely the worst song of the episode. I think it's sort of the worst song of Greece. Yeah, honestly, because yeah. it's like Sandra, it's it's Sandy being like, I too have to change myself drastically to be liked. Yeah, I I've come to realize that now. Yeah, uh, which is well, and gnarly. The, the other thing too is. Well, I don't get those kind of vibes from this scene specifically, but instead they decided to make it like this, like empowerment against bulimia, I guess. And also include the like <laughs> weird, like love triangle they're trying to set up um, because they're specifically yeah, a shot. There's a part, yeah. yeah, there's a shot where uh, Marley is looking into like a, a multi um, uh, paneled mirror yeah. And Jake is in one of the panels, just like standing prepping yeah. <laughs> to to be a I don't know a T bird of some acolyte. sort, yeah. And uh, like Marley sees him and keeps singing the reprise, but it's like, what's going on? It, the the song doesn't relate to well this yeah kind of drama at all. Well, that's because like it's like this threefold mirror. And in the middle is Marley, and on the left is Jake, and on the right is Ryder, but, like, farther away. You know, I didn't, I didn't even see Ryder in the <laughs> yeah, mirror. See, that's, I wasn't paying enough attention. That's the thing. is It's, like, such a weird... Because I guess the idea is that she's like, oh, I am good enough for Ryder, I guess? Like, is that what they're trying to mm, say? It's just so weird. What? Like... <laughs> it's all bad. Yeah. Next scene is Britanna. Uh, Santa, Santana is doing her Rizzo makeup, yep. and Br- Brittany comes up to her and does a casual racism. Like, I want to call it out yeah. because it's not acceptable for anyone to fucking do it, Glee. It's not okay. You can't just be like, "Oh, Unique and Mercedes are the same person," because ah, they're both black and they, you know, <laughs> look the same. I guess. Like, fuck you, Glee. Get out of here. It's bad, and. Brittany then is it tells Santana that she misses her, and Santana's like, "I miss you too." And then Brittany's like, "You know, I'm not dating anyone else, girl or boy." And Santana's like, "You know, you're allowed, but I'm glad that you're not." Yes. <laughs> and uh, then Brittany's like, "Oh, well, you're about to go do your big number. Are you nervous? You know, you're gonna have to think of something really sad." to evoke the emotion for the song probably think about how we're not together anymore and how it's the saddest thing ever especially on friday nights because that was our date night with a like shot of uh santana in the mirror like just looking really sad like oh um yeah it's it's gnarly (laughs) shit man yeah but it does it does set up santana's performance of there are worse things i could do um yeah apparently they have it staged where she just stands in the middle of the stage with the spotlight is that how it always is like um no (laughs) but anyway the the fun part and it but it's a it's a trio because santana sings parts and then cassandra july (laughs) sings parts in new york i want to make a point that cassie's like parts of the song are notably sexier (laughs) there's saxophone oh Um, god 
And um, she is like seducing Brody, yes. basically, who is shirtless. Yes. <laughs> there and the the dance studio is lit a bit more orange than it normally is. Yeah, they got it's, some candles it's up all in very there. Heated. Yeah, it's. <laughs> and the uh, final member of our trio is unique in the audience, who sings, um, just staring at Santana singing. Yes, because she's sad that she has to be in boy clothes and doesn't get to do the part that she deserves. Yes, um, I know that you got that Snapchat I sent. But there is yes, there is an extra who looks at Unique <laughs> as, as she stands as she and walks. walks down the aisle, which is just like really <laughs> glee. There is also an extra right behind Unique who's like singing along, like <laughs> nodding, like yeah, this is my favorite song. <laughs> it's just, it's just so funny because it's just like. The sloppiest little detail that, yeah, like... Yeah, you, you think maybe you could take that another time without the extra, like, looking at you And, like, maybe? maybe replace him with another dude who knows that he's not supposed to... He's supposed to pretend, like, you know, this actor isn't or, walking up the aisle singing. Like... Or were they like, what fucking ever? Maybe this is happening. Maybe we should have this extra look at Unique because maybe this is happening in-universe. Who knows, right? Who knows? I mean, I wish it did, kind of. Kinda... Or it was, you know, we um, we could get another shot of this extra not looking at Unique, but we are out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but the song is good. Um, it's, you know. My favorite parts are all of it. Okay. I really liked it, actually. Um, and I think uh, Cassie's, like, seduction yes. bits are yes. sort of hilarious. Well, and, like... There are some parts that are, like, so overtly sexual where she, like, lies down on yeah. a piano and Brody, like, mounts her. It's... Yeah. It's so bizarre. <laughs> that, that like... They kiss at the end of the song, Yes. Too. Um, but anyway, it's good. Um, then we have a scene... I mean, oh. it's, why is it that bizarre? Brody knows what's going on. I guess. It's just, like, I feel like we haven't really... I, I, I just feel like it uh, just kind of feels has, like it's like, out of nowhere. Brody's told Rachel how hot Cassandra is before. Okay, like he's just like, oh, your your dance teacher's Cassandra. She's hot. Okay, that I mean that's fair. It's just, I mean, we gave a lot of shit to the like, and to be fair, very different circumstance where like Puck was sleeping mm. with Shelby, like, and that's very wrong. I still am not, like, I still have some reservations yeah. about like a professor sleeping with, like, a TA. But she's not. Brody's professor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. She's technically his employer in a sense, which does I, make I it, suppose. which also still makes it kind of weird. Really, it makes it more sexy and dangerous <laughs> if you think about it. Anyway, um, we we then move to a scene that is backstage that is setting up the final number um, because Mike is telling Tina she was the perfect Jan and like. Maybe we should. Even though we didn't see, we didn't see any of Tina it. doing any Jan <laughs> at all. Yeah, um, but okay. he's like, we shouldn't have broken up. Maybe, and Tina's like, let's talk about it. And it's like, okay. Well, Tina's like, Tina's like, well, we did break up, and I actually like the person I am um, without you after this breakup. Mike. 
But I do miss you, yeah. uh, and your abs are amazing. <laughs> so yeah, we can talk about it. Yes. Um, so then this goes straight into Ryder complimenting Marley as sexy Sandy because she's in the like yes. cat suit esque. Yeah. Ooh. The cat suit esque. It is a cat suit, basically. I mean, um, yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, she is definitely evoking like the scary, thin um, Olivia Newton-John yep. kind of look, and uh, she doesn't smoke though. That's weird. I guess they had to clean it up a little bit for a high school. Although they performance. they do keep if to be believed that they're using like you know the same version of "Look at Me, I'm Sandra D." Like that they did mm-hmm. at the sleepover. That does still have the reference about smoking so i don't know whatever and uh yeah kitty comes up to intro the critic that we're about some to hear shitty, from. some shitty MacGuffin that no one gives a shit about like what exactly <laughs> uh and then she says see you on the ice because this show is a pile oh. of trash <laughs> i didn't and- even catch that one because i was writing down the thing about her Again, insulting Marley's weight. Like, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh, she does that. And then Ryder's like, you can't listen to her. And Marley says, I know that. Uh. Does she, though? And then Ryder's, yeah. like, Ryder's like, hey, no, pay attention. We're going to be amazing. You're amazing. This is amazing. And then um, kisses yes. her. Which, um, I mean... I, he is. He's a nice guy. I think Ryder's nice. He's definitely um, a lot chiller than some other people on the show. I can get down with that. Uh, and he is nice to Marley, which is what she deserves because she is also nice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> boring but nice. Yeah. And I. I just feel like writer could do a better job here he could be like yeah kitty is like way off base what she says doesn't make any sense yeah Um, that's it's true like it's funny because i think you actually mentioned this happening like an episode or two ago mostly because i'm guessing you've watched them in such succession that like it all just kind of bleeds together um huh but uh like it is you're you're absolutely right he should definitely go farther and be like hey like Kitty obviously has it out for you. Like, let's, like... She's making lies... She's telling you lies about your body to make you feel bad. Yeah. Like, he should just say yeah. that. Um, But anyway, he kisses her, and then Jake sees. Because that's important. And Jake's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we are into the number. Yes. You're the one that and... I want. Which... It's fine. Yes. Um, it starts... It's fine. Oh, uh, it's It starts with Ryder and Marley and the the gang that we expect because it's the gang that's been cast. Yeah. But then Rachel has... For the second verse, Rachel has like a sort of lost love fantasy yeah. uh, where everyone is replaced with people from uh, senior year last year, basically. Yeah. Uh, Rachel is Sandy... Finn is Zuko, and uh, we also get a flash of the very first time they sang this song together. With uh, Rachel's voracious, hungry eyes. Um. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And and Kurt being like, honey. (laughs) Uh. 
<laughs> yes, um, but all the other cast members are also OG Glee members, too. Um, yes, we see Clayne being happy together in greaser outfits. Tyke um, being happy together in a greaser and pink lady outfit. And then Britanna also being Britanna. happy together in pink lady outfits. Um, we also have Artie. This is honestly torture. Yes, like... <laughs> Here's the thing about this. I didn't like it. I was angry the first time I watched it because I was like... It's kind of like fan service torture. Yeah. And that is so obviously for the, like, promo, right? Right. And also, like, part of it is that I just don't care anymore about (laughs) the... Like, I do, obviously. Like, I, I, I like Britanna. I like Clayne. I like Tyke, but the show has, like, the show has been, like, grappling with itself to try to figure out how on earth it's supposed to, like, keep all of those people, but also introduce us to new people and make us actually like those people, too, and it's just, like... I I mean, the thing is, if they wanted to keep these characters, they shouldn't have fucking sent them all over... Across the country. The grand United States. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's just... And then, well, because then they have to bring them back with like weird, like pretenses that don't make sense. And then we just get confused and angry. And like, I just, part of it, I think the real thing is that like, the, there's this thing where they like go like into a building, like that's on the set and they come out like above yeah. on another building. And like Ryder and Marley go in and then Finn comes out of the building. And I'm like, no, immediately. Just like, no, 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 no. And then there's Rachel. Yes, which, like, <laughs> it's just, like, I liked the Ryder and Marley version. I'm not, I just, I mm. would like to see their story, honestly, at this point. I don't care about <laughs> Finn. Because it's, because uh, this one's just exhausting. Yes. Finchel. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, Rachel has basically a breakdown yeah. uh, after this little... like fantasy sequence that she has she runs into the bathroom and tries to call brody cassandra answers uh and we hear some very loud shower noises (laughs) and uh brody is in the shower as cassandra tells um tells rachel it turns out this was all cassie's evil plot to make rachel feel bad about herself uh because of what she said at the beginning of the episode about how Cassandra needed to get back in the game. Yes. Yeah, that's... um. I, I wrote down that Miss July reads her for filth because she kind of does where she's just kind of like, yeah. you're a bumpkin and you have the presumption to tell me that I'm not at the top of my game? Well, I fucking slept with the boy that you had an eye on. So how about them apples? Um, Which, like... How, how about them chiseled apples (laughs) it's just like it's just so that's the thing is it's not it feel it's very devious and like it feels Mm -hmm. evil but at the same time it's just it's really not because she what she really did was something nice for rachel by giving her those jet blue miles well and like the real like the thing for me is it goes back to like that very first interaction of the episode where Cassie was actually being nice to Rachel and then Rachel like just throws it in her face and so Cassie's like yeah. guess I'm going to do my thing then like it's kind of like a fairy godmother Cinderella dynamic <laughs> if Cinderella was like self obsessed yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus I 
if they reboot Cinderella with this like like karma version of like <laughs> the fairy godmother, it's just mm. kind of like <laughs> like a uh, um uh, uh what what's the word I'm looking for? Monkey's paw? No, I was thinking more like um oh man, I can't remember what the word is, but like just like backstabbingly like <laughs> Like, like yeah. lesson teaching, which is like, yeah, well, if you want to act that way, here's what happens. Like, yeah, if you want to blow off your audition to go to your high school's production of Grease in Ohio. Well, it's not even. No one's going to stop you. It's kid. not even blowing off the audition. It's blowing off practicing, practicing for the audition. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Rachel hangs up while Mr. Lai is like saying starting yeah starting to ream in <laughs> to her um and then she i guess cries we don't see it and uh yep. <laughs> uh she comes out of the bathroom to see finn um and finn's like have you been crying which is our hint that she was i guess um and this their conversation basically boils down to finn being like are we friends like do you even want to talk to me like are you here to see me and uh rachel is like um, yeah, I was here to see you, but it was a bad decision. I don't want to tell you anything. I don't want to tell you why I've been crying. And then Finn says, you're kind of my moose, which is a joke on how he doesn't know the word muse, but just kidding. He does know the word which muse. Which means it's not a joke. It's like, it's, yeah, um, I did write. And he yeah. runs through Rachel's four kinds of crying, which is the best part of yes. the scene, I <laughs> yes. think. Yes, um, I wrote down that when he says they, like, they get to a point where Finn is like, we we just can't talk anymore. Not even in song. Which is like, what? Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what? Are they, okay. Do, do when, you, like, call each when other duets to happen. sing? Like, what? No, Sam, listen. <laughs> when duets happen in-universe, but, like, so for instance, when Rachel sang in the round room and Marley was doing her audition, were they, like, mind-melding? Well, I was thinking it's more like when they did that No Doubt number during the breakup episode, they were all singing it. Like, it was diegetic. They were running around it New happened. York singing it. They were in bed singing it. Screaming it to the ceiling. <laughs> well, they had to scream it so that way they could make sure they were all still in time. Um don't speak but like it's just <laughs> it's just so bizarre but you're absolutely right the best part is the four kinds of crying where like yeah. it essentially boils down to rachel only really cries about like like two like she has real cries for like two things yeah. um well it's like there's like fake crying which includes a tissue there's singing crying and finn's like well it can't be that one <laughs> <laughs> um and then, and then there's there's um uh whenever she doesn't get some like when she, I feel like I didn't write it down, but I feel like it's like when she like you know if she didn't get into like when she blew her audition with Niata, like and he was like if she doesn't get something she wants, and then there's boy crying, uh, boy crying, which which is usually about yeah. Finn. Is what Finn says, and then he's like, "But it won't be about me anymore." Ugh. And it's just like, "Yeah, aren't are you upset that Rachel's not going to cry over you anymore, bitch? Yeah. You're you are manipulative." <laughs> yes. Um. Um. And yeah, they they come to this conclusion uh, that they're not they're just yeah. going to cut ties. Like they can't really and do this anymore. The writers don't know how to end this conversation, so Kurt's here yes. to end it. Uh, he's like, "Hey, uh." The, 
Will wants you, Finn. And then Finn's like, oh, all right, and leaves. And then Blaine shows up, and um, uh, Rachel's like, oh, I'll, I'll leave you to this conversation. And Kurt's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And Blaine um, is like, oh, I... Uh, Kurt, I have to tell you everything about yeah. my romantic tryst. I have to tell you everything, every single detail. And Kurt's like, no. Yeah, no. Blaine tries to unload his emotional baggage on Kurt, who rightfully <laughs> so is like, I'm not having any of that. You can keep all that to yourself. You, you <laughs> garbage person. So it seems like Blaine, um, Blaine. Okay. Listen, if we're going to go for our metafiction here, Blaine is trying to torture Yes, her, oh, of course. Right? Yeah, what what better and way to do he it? He wins either way because if he if Kurt lets him tell tell him everything about what happened, Kurt's going to feel Kurt is like, tortured. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Blaine being outwardly extremely sad is hurting Kurt probably also. Yes. Um so win-win yes. for the de- for the, for the demon. You did it. Yep. Um but so then Kurt like I said just like I, I'm you. You broke the trust in our relationship, so there's nothing here anymore. And so then he and Rachel leave because this isn't home anymore, Maggie. New, New York is home, Bushwick. The Bushwick lot with all of our furnishings. Um, we yeah. are going to close out the episode with uh, Artie reading the review for Greece. Yes. Okay. So for it is so bad it's like so overly like flowery it's poorly written yeah for one <laughs> and like should should Artie abrams and finn hunson have careers in nasa well i say as a reviewer yes they picked out stars from the firmament and named those stars Ryder lynn and marley rose it's so stupid like my my original <laughs> thought when i first saw it was like did someone pay them to write this, like, did you like pay off this critic? Yeah, did Artie slip him a <laughs> but, slip him some cash? But um, the other thing too is like we find out like later in the scene that this is like Saturday night, I guess, and that this this review was written for the show the night before, but that isn't really described. So I wrote down like. This review was apparently written in five minutes because the show just ended. Yeah. But it turns out this must be the yep. second performance. So, is it? They, I mean, like the way that people talk during the performance. No, <laughs> it has to be the first one because Brittany and Santana have that like big discussion about how she has to be sad. Feels like a weird conversation to have the second night of the show, but like. This is some bullshit. This show is a piece of garbage that doesn't care about artistic integrity. Oh, like, yeah, Uh, stupid. Will does another big speech about how he has to leave and how Finn is going to be amazing. Yeah. And uh, then he cries again and he leaves and Finn walks him out um, for some more pep talkery between the two of them and that's the episode yeah they they hug and they part ways after finn when will starts to try to give him advice about sectionals finn is like please keep your bad advice to yourself um no i mean finn needs the advice okay? <laughs> i mean he does He's... i'm just saying that's what finn does um 
the only reason why Grace went out off without a hitch is probably because Artie was there. Mercedes and Mike. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's Mercedes and Mike. I feel like Artie is not good at directing. He's definitely not good at casting. Yeah. Or like, um, and he definitely uh, gives some very strange advice to his actors. Yeah. So. so anyway, that is the end of the episode. Can you can you really be Danny Zuko if you? If you're a virgin writer, <laughs> can you can you really be Danny Zuko if you haven't fixed a car and like been really like a real creep? <laughs> that's to why girls? they went to the. T- that's why they went to the tire shop, I know, Sam. I know. Um, but that is the end of the episode, and it's mostly. I'm not trying to rush you here, but it's just I hate this episode so much. I need to. It's I need bad. to get to the podcast business. Um, why it's automatic, it's systematic. Why it's podcast business. (laughs) Podcast business in. But it's a metaphor. And metaphors are important. Gold stars are important. Because gold stars are a metaphor for me being a star. Um, so, as we normally do, we're going to give this episode some gold stars, some best numbers, and some ratings. Um, we're going to start with the gold star. Um, I think I go first this time. Okay. Yeah, go for it. So I'm going to give my gold star to Ryder. Um, hey, that's who I, I was thinking about him yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, even though we, we talked about the scene where he should have gone farther, I do really like the scene in the bathroom, even though I, I, on a base level, know that I shouldn't like that scene because the premise is terrible. But, like, I okay. like the interaction between him and Marley. The delivery of the story about his cousin is very good. <laughs> and, like... In general, it's just, it's nice to have, I don't know, it it just, it's nice to have someone to tell Marley that she... It's nice to have a good soft boy. Yes, exactly. Hanging around. Who doesn't seem to have too mal of intention. Like, it's it's just nice to have someone tell Marley that she's okay, you know? But her mom does that too, but also there's some of the overtones that we talk about that are problematic and like... Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it's sort of annoying that Glee um, has made Marley, like, such a wilting flower yes. that she needs other people to tell her that she's all right. Uh, I mean, but, Especially yeah. boys. I mean, but that's nothing new, is uh, it? No, it really isn't. <sighs> My gold star is going to Ms. Cassandra July. See, I thought about that real hard. But it's so like it's so twisted in such a beautiful way. I like <laughs> love her. Like it's like and it's like so. I she she had to really plan this thing right? out. You well, know? And the best part is that like <laughs> she seems to have done it in the like three seconds after Rachel told her that she quote needs to get back in the game. Yeah, like like the mood immediately changes in that scene, and she pulls over Brody to be like, "Hey, will you be my TA?" And it's like. Will you be my TA and choreograph some really sexy numbers with me? And it's just like weird. Well, you need to. I should tell you, um, being my TA means you will be shirtless all the time. And Brody's like, "Sign me up." <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I love it, but at the same time, I think the main reason I didn't give it to her is just because, like, I am still a little skeptical of the like having sex with your TA seems problematic. Mm, whatever. But- seems chill they're, to me they're it's both fine. adults whatever they're probably like they seem to be consenting it doesn't seem like brody's job is on the line in any way so like it's probably fine it just feels weird still okay let's move to best number um 
best number. Our options are Grease Lightning, Sandra D, or uh, Look at Me, I'm Sandra mm-hmm. D, is I guess the full title. Whatever. You know what yep. I'm saying. Uh, Beauty School Dropout. There are worse things I could do. Uh, the Sandra D reprise. Mm-hmm. And you're the one that I want. You're the one that yep. I want. And that's yep. it. Um, they're all grease numbers, so no one gets out alive on this one. Um, <laughs> I chose there are worse things I could do because... I'm choosing the yeah, same one. It's definitely the best one. The trio of singers is very good. The implications of Miss July's part are very good. Um, yeah, yes. it's... And, like, I will say that there are other numbers that I did enjoy in some way. Like, you're the one that I want. Yeah. I like I, some of that. Beauty School Dropout. Yeah. I I enjoyed Grease Lightning. Yeah. No, that's true, too. No, there are <laughs> some parts of that that I like, too. But. I thought it, it was, like, high energy, yeah. for one. The boys seem to be having a good time kind of rolling all over this car. <laughs> that's great. Um, And, uh yeah, I, I agree about Beauty School Dropout. I like how Darren Chris can still, like, do a song good, but also, like, incorporate acting. Yeah. Well, and, like, it's kind of the same. <laughs> it's it's how is, how is that the first time I've, like, complimented someone in Glee? It is a musical show. <laughs> uh, complimented someone's, like, acting performance while they're singing. What? Well, I was going to say, it's kind of like when he did that... Um, acoustic version of Teenage Dream yes. where it's like the song yeah. is fine but like watching him is a whole different experience so yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I agree It. I mean to be fair we we keep bringing up it like Glee is I guess supposed to be a musical television show but it definitely some like for the most part it just doesn't <laughs> really feel that way it's supposed like <laughs> it's you know by by its bare bones uh, by its anatomy it seems like a musical television like show. it has all the ingredients <laughs> it's just like the sum is not equal to the whole of its parts or the sum of its parts not equal to the whole I don't know I can't explain it um anyway <laughs> it's somehow Ryan Murphy did some weird ass alchemy that turned it all into garbage it turned it into a pile of shit um speaking of let's get to our last piece of podcast business the slushy rating um I'm going yeah. for four out of five slushies on this episode. I understand that it's supposed to be fun, but there are mm-hmm. so many missteps all over the place. And when I say misstep, I don't just mean like, oh, Brittany said a casually racist thing. I mean, like, they, like, decided to roll with this, like, kitty bulimia plotline, and then it just spirals out of control. Like... You didn't need to do it at all. Sam, it's not over I, yet. That's what I've heard. Yeah. And that's what this really is, offends me. This is a big part of, like, the rest of, like, uh, like uh, at least a few more episodes. Fuck. Fuck this show. Yeah. Fuck it. I know. Um. Yeah, I'm giving it three out of five uh, because I, I did enjoy the fun parts sure. of the episode. Um, I thought most of the musical numbers were fun, and I liked the Cassandra, like, New York sure. plotline. Yep. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, and I, um, the parts I didn't like were obviously the <sighs> kitty eating disorder garbage um, and the uh, uh, Finchel, yeah. like, chat at the end of the episode, because it just felt... Well, Stupid. and again, like, the show doesn't seem to have a way of figuring out 
is like can we move on from these people or like it's just it feels like and it, it, it like talks it talks to itself in this regard at the same yeah. time like it's like oh like oh we don't even know this guy like why are we so upset that will's right. leaving like like it's just yeah it just it, the problem is that like if they had just picked one or the other, like, if we just followed the people who had graduated and, like, seen what they'd done after and, like, maybe sometimes we see a little bit of Will, I don't like him, I don't want to see any more of him, but I'm sure that, like, Matthew Morrison would be upset about not being in the show anymore. Um, like, I... Woody? Isn't this, like, a soft exit? I guess. But, like, if they had just chosen that, I feel like it would be a much different show and it has the potential to be better. If they had been like, oh, all of them are gone now. Like, maybe they'll come back and we just stayed in Lima and, like, sometimes the seniors, like, you know, came back on, or, like, the former seniors came back on, like, came through on some of their travels or whatever. It'd be like, oh, that's interesting. It's just, you can't do both. And, like, this is showing it because it's just so... It's just so shitty. Like, I just... Mm. It's just, it's messy, it's slapdash, it is without artistic intent. Yep. Completely devoid. It feels empty. It feels like they're just repackaging these uh, Grease songs to sell them. I mean, that's what what they were doing. So So that's it. We've finished the episode, and next episode is... um, It's Dynamic Duets. Um... Which has a, a really interesting thumbnail on Netflix of blam, uh, of blam, sort of going in it on a microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. I I accidentally caught a glimpse of the beginning of the episode, and it starts in a very weird place. So have that oh, to look forward this, to. Superheroes. Is this the the superhero episode? I guess so. Um. Oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, if you want to tell us about how you felt about this episode, any of Glee, really, um, you can find us on Twitter at SNMHateGlee, or you can contact us by email at SNMHateGlee at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, SNMHateGlee, and a Patreon. Uh, if you consider supporting us there, you'll find extra bonus content. And know that we uh, push most of our por- uh, Patreon support to certain, like, whatever cause uh, tickles our fancy, I guess. Well, yeah. Right now, it's the Trans Law Center. And it's it tickles our fancy because it's important. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, uh, I like the tagline of, like, we're trying to do the work that Glee thought it was doing. So... Exactly. Yeah. Maybe we should do something about eating disorders or something I mean, right now. But also, yeah. Unique is being... I mean... <laughs> is, is being and, oppressed. And, <laughs> so there's there, that. Like, in the context of, like, today... Um, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not trying to compare the two because I'm not Glee because I'm not stupid. But there are some real pressing issues <laughs> that are about, like, you know, trans rights and, like, if trans, trans people rights. have the ability to exist in our society because for some reason people don't think they should. That's, so, in, that's in question. Yeah. Huh. Um, uh, yeah. Let's end this before I spiral into existential <laughs> dread and can't sleep for the next four sure. days. So, until next time, when we talk about Season 4, Episode 7, Dynamic Duets, I've been Sam. And I've been Maggie, and we fucking hate Glee. <laughs> From the top. <laughs> Da 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 da